Welcome, and thank you for joining this podcast brought to you by the American Heart Association. The Association's Digital Digest series features a range of podcasts and videos focused on the latest resuscitation science topics. Hello, and thank you for joining us. I'm Becky Lahotsky, and I'm an advisor for science and health advancement in the Emergency Cardiovascular Care Department of the American Heart Association. As COVID-19 began spreading around the world, Italy became an early epicenter of the pandemic. Today, Dr. Simona Peruzzi is joining me to share his experience on the front lines. Dr. Peruzzi is a senior specialist in anesthesia and intensive care at Hospital San Giuseppe in Empoli near Florence. He's also AHA regional faculty for ACLS, a PALS instructor, and an ambulance volunteer. Dr. Peruzzi, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, too. So let's get started. We've been watching the development of the COVID-19 pandemic in Italy. As the number of cases was increasing, how did you handle the surge of patients that required treatment in the ICU? Yes, we used uh, general and specific uh, criteria. Uh, General criteria for intensive care uh, are good medical practice, uh, general ethical principle, respect the rights of the patient, Clinically, we used also a criterion of uh, proportionality of treatment. For example, quality of life, extension of survival, probability of success of treatments in relation to the personal biological reserve, reserve or uh, of vital function, of course, for age or concomitant disease. The, quest, the first question is, Uh, COVID or not COVID, there is a reasonable probability of expected benefits of intensive care. Then uh, we have uh, specifics uh, criteria um, in relation to the severity of respiratory failure or if the patient is affected by sepsis or septic shock. For example, uh, breathing rate over uh, 22 for minutes uh, and uh, PaO2 less uh, uh, than uh, 65 millimeter uh, of mercury, uh, or for example, uh, SpO2 less than 90%. That no benefit of non-invasive ventilation or CPAP in presence presence of significant worsening of chest ray or computerized thermography of the chest. Our local and national policy suggests not to wait for tracheal intubation if we don't see benefits for non-invasive ventilation or CPAP. Other criteria uh, for admitting patients in ICU are for suspected worsening of respiratory function despite non-invasive treatment. We have to remember that the COVID patient may suddenly deteriorate if the imaging and clinical pattern are severe is reasonable to admit in ICU, of course. Thank you. So a lot of specific guidance for how you determined who should be admitted. 
uh, for intensive care. How was pre-hospital care affected on the ambulance? For the ambulance, uh, we changed criteria for transporting patient to the hospital. If we had uh, clinical criteria of uh, uh, suspected coronavirus infection for telephone triage, triage by emergency medical system, such as fever, cough, dys uh, dyspnea, uh, doctors and or nurses of emergency medical system have have to evaluate the patient with specific personal protective equipment. If the, spa, the suspect is clinically confirmed, we transport the patient with a specific ambulance whose compartment separates the driver from the patient and a doctor or nurse. And as the number of confirmed cases of COVID-19 increased and some of the healthcare providers in your unit and in the pre-hospital setting had to be quarantined due to exposure, what sort of impact did this have on the workforce to be able to care for this growing number of patients? Um, for ICU, we narrowed surgery to emergency surgery and surgical oncology uh, the ordinary surgeries is in uh, hospital not, not covid uh, we recovered several anesthesiologists for new covid icu uh, in italy i remember that anesthesia and intensive care is the same field of specialization we also recruitment of 4th and 50 year postgraduate doctors of master in anesthesia and intensive care. For medical COVID or not ICU COVID, yes, we also recruited some retired physicians. Did you end up needing to pull from any other specialties? I know we've heard in the U.S. of orthopedic surgeons and some other specialties needing to be called into hard-hit areas, uh, like in New York. Is that something you saw in your yeah, area as well? All, uh, all specialization uh, are um, improving in hospital ICU, yes, of course. Yeah. And how about management of other resources within uh, the ICU? Uh, how did you manage things like uh, the availability of hospital beds, uh, ventilators, other equipment that's needed to care for these patients? Um, for Tunavali, we had space to create two new ICU for COVID emergency. One uh, 12 beds and one 10 beds. Uh, over the ordinary intensive care, not COVID. Uh, we also converted medical and surgical wards into COVID and pre-COVID wards and not COVID wards. We separated COVID from not COVID paths. Fortunately, we had more time to organize than other regions here in Tuscany. We had a sufficient amount of ventilators new acquired from donations and from operating rooms. And 
as you were managing these patients, what sort of clinical management issues have you observed related to airway and ventilator management for patients with respiratory failure due to coronavirus? Oh, yeah. It's so difficult to work wearing personal protective equipment for six or more consecutive hours. To manage airways, we always use a video-guided laryngoscope. In a COVID patient, tracheal intubation might be more complicated than in not COVID for increased restrictions of movements, uh, for example. It's necessary to increase precautions when we use breathing circuits, full attention for some risky maneuvers, such as bronchoscopy, for example, or other maneuver for uh, nebulization. So you mentioned the PPE and that how that could sort of interfere with your actual work sometimes. Um, were there any issues with availability of PPE and what sort of PPE were you using for most of these patient care procedures? Were you observing uh, like droplet precautions in most cases and using the N95 masks for intubations and that sort of procedure? All the procedures, uh, we pay attention for high flow oxygenation for nasal cannulae, for example, it is a nebulizing procedure. It's important to stay in a room with negative pressure to limit nebulization and mm -hmm. uh, attention for deconnection from circuits for nebulization. Italy has fortunately started seeing decreasing numbers in both uh, confirmed COVID-19 cases and COVID-19 related deaths. Have you seen that reflected at all in the ICU? Have you seen any changes in the ICU so far based on those reductions? Uh, yes, it's a little dif different. The type of ARDS is different. Uh, we use different drugs, uh, such as antiviral, anticoagulation. Uh, the treatment and the weaning process uh, um, are more more long than normal or other type of IRDS. Yes, more patients are appropriately selected for pronation. We had all patient. Um, uh, such as uh, 90% in pronation, for example. In some cases, we had uh, to use nitric oxide or extracorporeal life support more than in other circumstances for other type of RDS, for uh, uh, pneumococcus, for example, or... Uh, uh, flu, for example. On the ambulance, we prefer to use the philosophy of scoop and run. Uh, instead, stay and play. Uh, if not necessary, of course, uh, if we have uh, a red code, it's a maximum uh, of uh, emergency in a medical, medica medical system. Uh, we had to, uh, of course, uh, to 
stabilize the patient. But it's not, if it's not important, uh, we had to, to scoop and run to hospitalize uh, uh, the patient and to limit nebulizing maneuvers. As we said, uh, we're seeing a decrease in cases in Italy, but public health experts have warned that we may see additional spikes in COVID-19 cases until we reach the point of herd immunity or a vaccine has been developed. What, yep. steps, are being, uh, what steps are being taken in your unit to prepare for a sec possible second wave? I think I don't know. I don't know, in fact, but I think that uh, we all maintain this organizational system and we are waiting for a possible second wave. We don't know in September, October, we don't know. At this time, the second COVID ICU is closed, but not dismantled. We are ready. <laughs> we are ready. <laughs> and of course, at the same time, other emergencies like heart attack and stroke are still happening. What would you say to community members who may delay treatment due to COVID-related concerns? I mean, in Italy, it's important to stay home, uh, living home for essential activities, protect others with surgical masks. Uh, for health problems, uh, it's important to call for general practitioner or a medical a emergency medical system for uh, emergency for example respect yourself and respect the others thank you and are there any other actions or key takeaways that you would like to leave with our audience huh great question uh, i think Doctor and nurses are always on the patient's side. Be safe. If we follow a common goal, we all make it and we all make it. This is my message for you and for, for the world. Dr. Peruzzi, thank you again for taking the time to share your experience for the benefit of everyone listening. We welcome. Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. For transcripts of this podcast and more information about resuscitation science, please visit cpr.heart.org or engage with us via social media using hashtag ECC Digital Digest. <laughs>